From the sunny shores of almost Marina Del Rey, it's the Couch Slouch Podcast. Today, the NFL's finally officially publicly in the gambling business. The latest road to gambling riches? Ping pong. Tips on hoarding during this busy coronavirus shopping season. And Major League Baseball in the Premier League just might play in unusual settings. Now direct from the Chesterfield. Thought for sure it was a camelback or a cabriolet, but what do I know? With co-host Daisy McCallahan, here is the apocalyptically appalled couch slouch, Norman Chad. Thank you, Rich Johnson. And why wouldn't I be apocalyptically appalled? If it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm at a traffic light for 60 seconds with absolutely no traffic coming from anywhere, am I supposed to wait another 60 seconds until the signal turns green? Oh, really? Well, well, you tell me what is the acceptable amount of time? Because I've lost nearly half my life waiting for traffic signals to change in L.A., Las Vegas and Washington, D.C. with no traffic coming in the middle of the night. It's the social compact. If you violate that, what's next? I understand that we are indeed. That's a very important thing, the social compact. And we obey this particular type of thing, stop signs and traffic lights. Yeah. But really, for two or three minutes, you can sit and there's like nothing coming. I mean, I see deer coming maybe and using the crosswalk and, and chatting. But I'm not going to hit a deer. How long yeah. am I supposed to wait, you saying? To two minutes? Till it turns green. Thank you. You're probably you've, you've right. Been in, you've been in cabs in New York, and you've watched that situation, right? And then fear yes. for your life. But even the wackiest, weirdest cab driver who just got off the plane from who knows where knows that in New York, no right turn on red. And at three in the morning with nothing going on and not turning right, that's what gets me. Oh, well, you're in Las Vegas. Don't you don't you get upset with general Las Vegas major yeah. intersection lights, which are the longest in the continental United States? They till are. Until it's your turn? Yeah. Yes, I'm but talking- when, it's, when it's my turn and I see that left turn lane and I'm still, you know, 100 yards away, I'm pretty confident it's still going to be on. I've lived in a lot of places where the left turn light is like good for three cars if nobody's looking at their phone. That was the light in our old neighborhood of Wheaton, Maryland, University and um, Veers Mill. And I'm going from University to turn left onto Veers Mill and yeah, I counted it. It's, it's like 10 cars. I knew where the sign was. And if I was not anywhere near that sign, I was not going to make it. Because no doubt the somebody in the six or seven cars ahead of me is looking at their phone and would be you know, <laughs> lose two or three car places. So I would go straight and take a different way. But that how extremely local is that? I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you had your own social compact. Just don't turn left and go straight. Yeah. Right past the Alito Pizza, and then take a left at the bank. <laughs> How local can I possibly be? Lido Pizza, by the way, uh, is uh, offering takeout and delivery during these uh, virus times. Uh, I was glad to see that you know there's so many of their franchises now throughout Maryland and throughout uh, the Middle Atlantic yeah. region, but they're still serving the public. Thank you very much. I, I will have to commit one little bit of heresy, though. I just hate Lido Pizza. <laughs> Uh, I hate I when I hear that. I had to turn in my DMV card, and yeah, uh, that, yeah, I did. yeah, yeah. 
But okay. that's the way a local Washington, D.C. area pizza chain that makes them square, that makes it with, like, ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a, canned, it's a canned tomato sauce that some of us like a lot. Okay. It was more like a tanker tomato sauce. <laughs> okay. I, I got you totally off track. I'm sorry. I'll fix this in editing. <laughs> we don't fix anything in editing. <laughs> we plow. We just plow through it. So the NFL has been anti-gambling, anti-gambling. I'm shocked to discover gambling is happening in this establishment. Then, how are gambling revenues part of the league's new collective bargaining deal with the players? Yeah, I'll get to that in a moment. And I just want to briefly uh, recall the history of Roger Goodell and his stance on gambling. Uh, in 2009, only 11 years ago, he wrote a letter to Delaware trying to get them to stop their NFL betting lottery. And he said in that letter, by legalizing sports betting, it'll be in Delaware's interest to create ever larger numbers of new gamblers as the state attempts to maximize any revenue. The negative social impact of additional gambling cannot be minimized in a community. Then three years later in 2012, when he was trying to stop New Jersey from legalizing sports gambling, Goodell said it is a very strongly held view in the NFL. It has been for decades that the threat that gambling could occur in the NFL or fixing of games or that any outcome could be influenced by the outside would be very damaging to the NFL and very difficult to ever recover from. Then in 2017, when the league owners approved the Raiders moving from Oakland to Las Vegas, Goodell said, society in general has a little bit of a change with respect to gambling. We've seen that. We still strongly oppose legalized sports gambling. The integrity of our game is number one. We will not compromise on that. And that brings us, Rich, to this year, 2020. Mr. Goodell, on a recent trip to Las Vegas, Hold on to your horses, said the, follow said the following. We think that sports gambling in many ways creates a lot more engagement for our fans. It gives them another opportunity to engage with the game. Huh. <sighs> what, what changed, Rich? <laughs> As um, uh, many people have said long before you and I, the answer to all your questions is money. Correct. And so this money trail started with the Supreme Court ruling uh, just less than two years ago, which essentially allowed states to authorize sports betting. And there's now 17 states that do that. That will double in the next few years. And, of course, many of them are NFL states. And then, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders debut this fall uh, in Las Vegas. And so best I can tell. With this new NFLPA collective bargaining agreement, which is going to divvy up gambling revenues, there's very specific language. There's very specific language, Rich, about them divvying up in-stadium sports books, sports book revenues, and even slot machines on site at the sports books. So best that we can tell, the NFL, correctly so, has decided, hey, we better join the party. There's a lot of money in them thar hills. Oh, yeah. And, and you think about what the NFL said about gambling and the horrible possibilities of and all that. Look at any biography of Meyer Lansky, the mob's accountant, one of the, the I don't know, greatest is the, the word, but certainly the, the, the most famous, the richest, highest profile uh, guys ever in the, in the mob. He made sure 
his gambling places were honest and that uh, the games were as honest as, as they could influence because once the public got wind that a game was not honest, they're not putting their money down. Yeah, and actually the mob, since the gambling was one of the mob's you know, pre-drug uh, biggest sources of income and, and remains uh, that way over the over generations. Yeah, the mob was going to make sure the games were as straight as they could be. Games aren't always as straight as they could be, but you know, 99% of the time they are. But yeah, the NFL's uh, riches over the year is a combination of television and then, of course, gambling because people want to watch their money. And that's why fantasy sports became even a bigger deal because you could watch your money in a whole new way uh, and didn't have to care about the point spread. So yes, the NFL yeah. is in both feet first. <laughs> and we we know the most vigilant stewards of honest games these days in the entire planet are whom? You know this answer. You know the answer to this. Do I have to look it up on the internet? None. Are whom? The well, Las Vegas oddsmakers. I was going to say the sports books, yes. Yes, when when there's any, even a hint of something might be awry, they know because they see the action on the games all of a sudden going where... It shouldn't be going, or they know it would not be going if something wasn't afoot. Some of the biggest scandals of the last couple of decades were flagged by guys in Vegas. And we just just recently, uh, this past football season, the NFL suspended a Arizona Cardinals reserve cornerback because the Caesars book flagged him uh, for making bets, making actually halftime three-team parlays. Oh, and a guy nobody heard of called Josh Harris, who had not played a down all year, he was suspended through the end of next year by the NFL. So the NFL liked that for good for good PR that we're going we're gonna to stop it in, in its uh, infancy. But anyway, the bottom line in this, Rich, is that coming very soon, so there will be sports books slash lounges at NFL stadiums, but beyond that, through mobile betting apps and what have you, you will be able to bet sooner or later you will be able to bet the nfl while sitting in your stadium seat you'll be able to make live nfl bets while watching nfl games live and uh that's a whole different landscape than the one that uh, pete roselle paul tagliabue and roger goodell have been painting for the last 50 years painting in public we know what it's been in private and we know how and the nfl yeah. has known all along how why they are the most popular sport in, on the planet or at least in america uh, correct. They've uh, uh, actually the injury report starts with gamblers. That's why yes. the injury report is out there. Speaking of gambling and very little gambling to be done on any sport on the planet right now. But somebody in Las Vegas hit the big one. Fifty dollar put down nearly ten thousand dollars won on that fifty dollar bet. A ten team parlay in. I got to take a breath for this. Ukrainian table tennis. A ping pong. The fact that William Hill was offering that is is uh, interesting and talks about how they're desperate for dough. But the fact that they were still playing and all he did was play all ten favorites and they all they all covered. If there is such a thing as a cover in, in ping pong, yeah. So yeah, I guess you just had to win. Uh, so he took ten different matches. As you said, he was 10 for 10. This Las Vegas better through William Hill. He did bet all favorites. Uh, no favorite was a bigger than a minus 165. So they're all small favorites, but they all won and it pays nearly 200 to one. As you mentioned, nearly 10 grand for his $50 wager. And you mentioned the other key here, Rich, that again, sports Sports have been crushed here because they've lost 95% of their action. So they have to look for other things. Uh, you can now bet the weather. 
uh, on Bovada. You can bet at the high and you know the high temperature, the total over under whatever number at a couple dozen cities. You can bet all over the place on uh, politics now, presidential elections, you know, who's going to win uh, different primaries, who's going to be the nominee. Uh, that's That gets action. And then, so, of course, why wouldn't you be able to bet on Ukrainian table tennis? Of course. The president of William Hill, U.S., showed me his betting slip that he uh, placed when he was in London recently on Joe Biden to win it all. And he put down like three or four hundred and he got eight to one, I think. So and that was a few weeks ago. That was just before Biden right. crushed Blow Sanders. Up. Now it's you know, five to two or something like that. Uh, uh, by the way, I have one ping pong story. I, I love ping pong. I used to play a lot of table tennis. And in high school, a friend of mine uh, who was a member of the Jewish Community Center said, why don't you come by on Sunday? They're having a, a tournament. I said, well, geez, geez, Howard, I'm, I'm not a member of the JCC. Uh, he says, yeah, I bet you look Jewish. What's the big deal? So. So he took me to this tournament at the JCC at Jewish Community Center in Rockville, Maryland on a Sunday. And there were 15, 20, 25 people there. And I was pretty good. I was 17, 18 years old. And I, you know, I, I felt bad because I wasn't a JCC member, but I blew by two or three opponents, beating them uh, like 21 to 5, 21 to 7. And I got to the final, which was going to be best two out of three. And I get to the final and I look across who I'm playing and it's a, it's a Chinese guy. I go, Chinese? I, 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 what, what, what are we talking about? Howard and, and Howard told me, well, I guess, you know, they found a better ringer than you. I said, this, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this can't be fair. He's a so convert. I, uh, I don't think he was a convert. I think, again, he was, he was brought in under the uh, uh, before dusk or before dawn. And he was so good. He was so good, Rich. We played best two out of three. In both games we played, just he gave me a mercy point or two. He beat me like 21-2, 21-1, and he oh. could have shut, shut me out. He was – it was not even close. And well, I can't call him out, though. It's like yeah. one criminal can't call out another criminal. But, yeah, it was my chance for my only ping-pong trophy, and I got outringered. Just one of those guys that plays like five feet away from the table because he's slamming him so hard, one of those. Uh, thank you, which is oh. what they do. I, I don't do that. You know, we grew up playing in the basement, and you're one foot away from the table. Yeah. Yeah, he, he just – I could not touch any of his slams. I had trouble handling his serve. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. He could have stumped me both games. How are you uh, coping these days? I've I've been trying to stay home, and I made it about two and a half days. I, I I just took a drive yesterday just to take a drive. I didn't get out of the car. I didn't interact with anybody except woman at the drive-through window at a drive-in. Uh, but now that uh, the governor of Nevada has uh, just a couple of hours before we record this said, "Not you're staying at home. It's now in order." I guess I'm in. Yeah, actually, so staying at home is is pretty been, been my uh, SOP, uh, my standard operating procedure since about 1990. So it's not as Big of a uh, adjustment for me. And I did the same thing you do. I will. Uh, my dog loves to go for a ride. And so we will go into the car and just drive around with her head going out the window just to get her out for 15 or 20 minutes other than the walk. And uh, then I get to I still get to, you know, go to the grocery store or the drugstore. And so there's no social interaction there. Everybody generally stays apart from each other. But. You know, it's, it hasn't been that difficult. And of course, it's pretty necessary. So uh, I think we probably would be better off if we had a shutdown from day one. But who knew? So, yeah. 
Uh, other than every uh, health expert in the world. Yeah, who knows? Uh, thank you. Yeah, every, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good uh, asterisk PS. Other than every health expert yes. in the world. You are correct. Yeah, Tom Dreesen, the uh, longtime uh, comedian who was, uh, I believe, playing cards with Frank Sinatra the hours before he died. in um, And he used to open for Frank all the time. Wrote this on Twitter. I finally lost it. I was at the grocery store earlier today. Saw this guy whose cart was full to the brim with hand sanitizers, baby wipes, soaps, everything that people need. I called him selfish. I talked about the elderly, the families, the people who need the essentials. I told him he needs to get it together. And he said, are you done? I really need to get back to restocking the shelves now. <laughs> Tom, 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 Tom and I'm, I'm sure in semi-retirement right now uh, I doubt he tours, tours anymore but yes she said a wonderful stand-up comic open for Snatcher for years and uh, you know I just mentioned that I go to the grocery store a lot and three or four days ago I'm in my local Vons which is very very small it's an old Vons like one third the size of a normal Safeway or, or, or a Ralph's and I'm in aisle four and as I'm walking down aisle four there are two people who are so close to each other. I assume they were husband and wife, but they weren't to uh, a 40 year old. So man, a 40 year old, so woman. And they started arguing over the last can of black olives, Lindsay black olives, which actually I buy sometimes. It's a basic can. It's like a buck 49 a can. And they got into a nasty dispute about this. I, I, I thought about putting it on the cell phone, but I didn't want to break the privacy. I thought about going in there. I thought humor might diffuse it, Fritz, because I actually have two cans of black olives at my home, which are, is less than five minutes from the, the, the store. And I want to tell them, I'll go give you the two olives. I don't. I actually prefer green olives, but I have two black olives. If it will diffuse the situation, a store employee had to come over and uh, break them up. And it was just a can of black olives. It wasn't, uh, I don't know, it wasn't caviar. It wasn't toilet paper, whatever people want. Black olives in a can. I can't be a six-layer dip. It has to be a seven-layer dip. I must have the olives. <laughs> and by the way, that's the only thing we use black olives for yeah. anymore. A few you know, on we, a pizza, maybe. That's about it. Once in a while, if you have something else on the pizza with it, with the black Many olives. Many things on the pizza. But, those are the only two things. Most people prefer a thousand different types of green olives before black. But these people on that day uh, would have given up, uh, you know, a left testicle or whatever it takes to get that oh, camp. God, oh, dear. So uh, Major League Baseball, the Premier League, both looking to get into action some way or another. And uh, uh, they might do it without anybody in the stadiums. But it's, it's more than just that. Yeah, so both both leagues, uh, MLB would like to start a season. Premier League would like to end. Would like to finish their season. Uh, so MLB is is considering. Uh, they still want to play a full year if they can, and so they are considering the idea to get underway June one or July one uh, within empty stadiums. Uh, you know, so for the Miami Marlins, it would be your typical opening day. But they, that's the idea. Is that uh, the thing is that they could still get the television revenue. Uh, they would avoid the embarrassment of there might be small crowds because people aren't ready to come out into those situations. And it actually would be, as you know, sports fans would be happy to see any action. So 
baseball is considering that and they're actually considering neutral site games uh, when it gets later in the year because they'll have to play into September, October, November. And they might even do double headers. Double headers will be back uh, just to squeeze the season into maybe a July through November schedule. Now, the super sports agent, and when I say super agent, I mean super agent, Scott Boris, who this past offseason negotiated more than $1 billion of new contracts. One, think about that number. He's like so three or four, just through three, three or four of his biggest clients. He got $1 billion in contracts, whatever, five or 10% of that. That's a pretty good number. He's actually proposing that the season begin July 1st and end Christmas Day. He, he's taking a look, uh, Rich, at, at, at there's 11 stadiums, he says, that are either in warm weather sites or domes, so they could host most of the postseason games. You could actually do the World Series at a neutral site like the Super Bowl, and you could wrap it up uh, Christmas week and make Christmas Day, you know, World Series Game 5 or World Series Game 6 or 7. You think that might work? Yeah, I don't know. This is, you know, TV only situations. So where they play really doesn't make a difference. They Correct. Could, you know where it'd be a great place for them to play because is it like we'll talk about with the Premier League? There's got to be sort of a, a, a quarantine situation among the players, the umpires, and the officials, and the team people, and the TV people, and whoever else is there to make a stadium run. So it would behoove them to have smaller venues. Las Vegas. Home of the Las Vegas Aviators, which is a 10,000-seat stadium. It's one year old. Doesn't matter how many seats there are. It's a nice state-of-the-art ball field at, at Major League Dimensions, AAA Dimensions, but they're, they're the same. And right across the street is a 550-room uh, hotel that's empty where everybody could be quarantined, uh, Red Rock. Well, that kind of makes sense for, again, because they would, if they were early in the, the plan here is, as, as I mentioned, to have no spectators. So you just mentioned a, a pretty good place. You just mentioned the other problem is that you do have to quarantine everybody involved, which includes also, you know, uh, game officials and TV networks and people, cameramen and all that. And you, what you just mentioned is what the premier league is trying to do with what they call the, uh, what do they call it? A world series style campus, uh, not world series, world cup style, where all the teams come like in a tournament where six or eight or 10 different teams come to stay. So they're, they're looking they, they lost the season when they had 94 matches left in the premier league. So they're looking for something maybe in, in the middle, of England or in London in which they could bring everybody there and they could just schedule several games per day over two or three weeks and just quarantine all the teams and quarantine all the officials and all the TV people. And again, uh, they think it would be a big step for the country in morale, in terms of morale to watch the games. They would finish their season. They still get the TV revenue and all that. And so that is a possibility in the Premier League, which actually gets pretty good viewership yeah. in the U.S., certainly relative to the Major League Soccer. Around the world. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, around the world. But I, I'm saying in the U.S where Major League Soccer doesn't get a whole lot of TV viewership. Premier League does. So that's their idea to try to finish off their season that was started because uh, they just like to, obviously, you want to have a finish of the season and you want to bring some joy to somebody somewhere. So that's the best thing that sports can do maybe is to, to play if nobody's in danger just so we can sit at home and, and enjoy the games. It would be sort of a combat pay situation for like the grips and the 
cable pullers and the audio guys here. You're going to spend two and a half months away from everybody, kind of like you are now, except away from your family. But you're going to make a lot of money because you're going to be on the clock pretty much 24-7 and you can't leave. Sign here. Be like being uh, the Burger King guy in Afghanistan during the occupation. I, I do, you know, I, don't make me look this up. I do not believe Burger King is in Afghanistan. I know that they're in Bosnia, but I don't think they're <laughs> in Afghanistan. No. I'm going to take a look. Because I just think you're, make, you're making that up. Well, no, sort of. Uh, the big time, uh, the caterers, the, the companies that had the food contracts for the U.S. Army because, you know, soldiers don't do food anymore because there aren't enough. So they hire folks to do, you know, Sodexo and the same kind of people who do stadium food feed the military. And when those people went overseas, they hired a whole bunch of people and the guys making burgers and chicken and all that for the troops were making a hundred grand for a deployment because they were in much danger as the troops in some of those places. Okay, so that, again, as yeah. you said, it would be high pay for those type of workers in this yeah. situation. And, and probably not, besides being away for a long time, probably not in harm's way as much as the service workers and the grocery store people and the Amazon yeah. people are right now. Uh, because that's obviously a big concern that they're, you know, they're in harm's way every single day. Uh, and yeah. so those people being in a quarantine situation, it, it might be safer, but that is a long haul. Yeah, uh, everybody a, gets as, tested as before they go into the uh, the quarantine venue. And probably gets tested two or three times while they're there. Yeah, that's the other thing uh, yeah. that we found out that so many people are asymptomatic uh, with the virus that you can have it for a week or two and have yeah. no idea that you have it. Uh, and then it pops up and bang. So <laughs> I brought the, the mood entirely down by when diving into logistics. Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, you took us. If, if there know. was a, a Burger King in Afghanistan, you wouldn't have brought the move back up. But yeah, 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 you dove into logistics. <laughs> Pizza Hut was big at the deployments. There were Pizza Huts there. Uh, anyway, time now for the Dollar Twenty Five Ask the Slouch Cash Giveaway. The Slouch Board has picked two winners this week. First off is Bobby Weaver of Smyrna, Georgia. He asks. Or she could be Bobby being in the South, Roberta, very distraught over the pandemic. IOC and NCAA officials walk into a bar and order a bottle of Screaming Eagle Eagle Cabernet 1992. How much should the athletes tip the server? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Weaver, he knows how America works, or he actually knows how the world economy works. Uh, But indeed, uh, the big point here for him is that both the IOC and the NCAA just got crushed. And I believe the NCAA worse than the IOC because the IOC is going to lose money, but they're just delaying the Olympics by one year. There's a lot of lost money involved there, but everything will be the same one year later if they can pull it off, which is what they're trying to pull it off. For the NCAA, March Madness is literally, uh, I should have looked this up, it's 80 or 90% of their operating budget is the CBS, uh, TBS money that comes in for the televising of that tournament. So most of the NCAA's budget is tied. They're losing that. They're not making, you know, that's not being played later this year. So there, there'll be, I don't know how the insurance works and how much money they'll still get from CBS, but that is a bundle of money that the NCAA will lose and they will not get hardly any of it back. So yes, they would uh, make the athletes, I think, 
tip the server if it's not a violation of NCAA <laughs> rules. Do you think it, is? it probably is? Is this like uh, Tony and Polly making the the younger mafia members pay the bill at, in Atlantic City for the big dinner? Well, that's right. That's you know when you're the the the, the newest made guy and you always yeah. have to pick up that that bill for sixteen. Polly made. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Polly kept making. Uh, yeah, Christopher. Christopher pay and Christopher did not like it. Oh. Uh, I can't believe though the NCAA can make their 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 athletes who don't get paid in the first place yeah. pick up any type of tab or even tip. Uh, when oh, they I can up. I can believe that. <laughs> uh, you, you were correct. You know more about the NCAA oh, in Indianapolis than uh, than the rest of us. Yes, they would. I, they would exactly do that. One of, Indianapolis, one of those cities I have never in my life, and probably never will in my life, ever set foot in. Not that I hate it or anything. It's just why. It is. It's one of those cities I claim you are not. You were never in Indianapolis unless you're already there. Uh, <laughs> Don't think about it too long. Okay. But yeah, same with here. I, I have never been to Indianapolis. It's almost like a flyover city for most of the country where yeah. you just don't go there unless you have to go there. And it's it's probably a nice place. Probably, but we'll never know and won't lose any sleep over it. Our second Ask the Slouch winner is Roger Strauss of Silver Spring, Maryland. Imagine the coincidence there. It's good the NFL has decided to conduct the draft in a safe manner. But haven't people been social distancing from Mel Kiper for years? <laughs> You know, Rich, I got to give Mel Kuyper his due. Uh, He has been a punching bag for me for for a quarter century. But the reason you got to give him his due is that he took what was essentially a one-day event, and now it's stretched out over two or three days, but people only care about the first two or three rounds. He took a one-day event on ESPN, and he turned it into a -a 365-day-a-year cottage industry. Yeah, uh, the, career, uh, man. It's just amazing. So you, you think, how much preparation are you doing for that one day? Well, now it is 52 weeks a year that they're doing mock draft, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. He's given, I mean, I never want Mel over to my house to tell me why why the, the defensive tackle at Wichita State is being underrated right now by the latest draft Knicks because I don't give a darn about any of that. But he has turned that into a year-round job. And, and ESPN, it's actually big business. They do draft stuff 52 weeks a year. One of the great old classic Saturday Night Live bits was a takeoff on the um, beach party movies. And uh, Gilda Radner said, hi, I'm Annette, and these are my breasts. I imagine the same thing with Mel Kuyper. Hi, I'm Mel, and this is my hair. (laughs) By the way, there's a a great time-lapse stunt of Mel's hair from whatever, 1990 until 2010, where you just see the way he keeps – it's, you know, the thing is – it's a thing of beauty. It's it's almost like an art. It's a piece of artwork, uh, and it's it's life. So yeah, that's a great head of hair that Mel's always dealt with. But boy, I can't. You know, I I used to have to watch the draft to write a column on it on Deadline and just sit there for six hours watching that draft stuff. And I, you know, it's like I I had to shower as soon as my viewing was over just to get the stain and taint of that draft stuff off of my body. Oh <laughs> man. If you have a question, you want to win a cool buck and a quarter, send that question to that guy right there, askthesloutch at AOL.com. Special address just for that so they can all get their their proper due, correct? Dollar 25. Any final thoughts, Norman? Uh, Of course I've got some final thoughts. Uh, And I'm going to say this one time and one time only. 
Stop eating in your cars. I realize many of us are now forced to get takeout, but there's no reason to take that food and eat it on your dashboard. Take it home. Food is life. Food is family. Food is a meal to be shared with loved ones over conversation at a dining room table. Trust me, even a Whopper or a Big Mac tastes better away from the parking lot. Stop eating in your cars, people. Was it Del Taco doing that because I didn't want to take it home so I wouldn't get uh, scolded by my wife for having an extra meal? Oh, that's different. And you shouldn't have been at Del Taco in the first place, but that's different. That's yeah, again, that's a whole other conversation. That's your own social compact. <laughs> no kidding. And I do have regrets already. So we're back again one of these days. In the meantime, tell your friends, your enemies, strangers on the streets from a discreet six feet away. Maybe ten now. Find and subscribe to the Couch Slouch Podcast on iTunes and every other major podcast platform. That's it for now. And as always, catch the Couch Slouch column and great news papers across the nation, including the Washington Post. Also, um, at Twitter, on Twitter, at Norman Chad. And you can check out, please, the Norman Chad YouTube channel. It's free! The Couch Slouch Podcast is a production of Utter Clarity, also producing That's Gold with Steve Heitner. Buy now and save for all your podcast needs at utterclarity.fm. Stop eating in your cars! 